And welcome to episode 103 of the Get More Sports Podcast. My name is Doug McCain. Thanks for rocking with us once again on today's episode. The Houston Astros scandal gets even worse, and it's thanks to Rob Manfred's comments defending the Houston Astros. Says he will punish teams if they throw at the Astros. We're going to break down the player reaction all throughout Major League Baseball. Mike Trout, Justin Turner, you Darvish, they are not happy with Rob Manfred's punishment. And then Michael Jordan's birthday, we're going to give you 23 reasons why MJ is the greatest player of all time. But don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast wherever you get your podcast these days. And then be sure to head over to YouTube and give me all your takes right down below in the comments section. I want all your takes right down below in the comments section. But we've got a jam-packed show for you guys, lots to get into. So let's get right into it. It's showtime. Are you ready? What it do, baby? Baby, baby. Let's get it on. Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred sat down with ESPN's Carl Ravage to discuss the Astros cheating scandal. And just as we've come to expect with Commissioner Manfred, it was an absolute joke. It was 45 minutes of verbal diarrhea. <laughs> It was spineless. He defended his decision to not only not suspend the players involved and his decision to not vacate the 2017 World Series from the Houston Asterisks. Now, my question is this. He said in the interview that he didn't want to suspend the players because it would not have held up with the Major League Baseball Players Union and that they would have filed grievances and they would have won those grievances. Hey, last time I checked, there were players other than the Houston Astros in the Players Union and they are disgusted with the Astros. Let's just see how it is. Let's see how it holds up because they deserve to be suspended. And then he says, hey, he's going to suspend players that throw at the Astros. So let me get this straight. The players that cheated don't get suspended, but the players that retaliate and bean the Astros, they get suspended. That makes no sense whatsoever. He's defending the cheaters. Here's Rob Manfred on his decision to not suspend the cheaters in the Astros cheating scandal. Um, I think if you watch the players, um, watch their faces when they have to deal with this issue publicly, they have paid a price. To think that they're skipping down the road into spring training happy, um, that's just a mischaracterization of where we are. Having said that, the, the desire to have actual discipline imposed on them, I understand it. And in a perfect world, it would have happened. Uh, We ended up where we ended up in pursuit of, uh, really, I think the most important goal, and that is getting the facts and getting them out there. Okay, so let me get this straight, man, fraud. You're telling me that if I cheat, I get to keep what I've won, I get to keep the money that I've earned, I get to keep the MVP trophy, and most importantly, I get to keep my name in the history books as a World Series champion. And the only punishment is that I have to live with myself, I have to live with my decision, I have to live with my conscience. Hey, where do I sign up for that. 
Oh, but don't worry. I would never do that. You know why? Because I'm not a Houston trash throw. I'd rather fail with honor than win by cheating. And you say you believe in precedent, right? You say you believe in the history of Major League Baseball. Well, you just set the precedent where future generations of baseball players can cheat and they get to keep everything. I said it months ago. You allowed the Houston Astros to rob a bank and keep the money. And the most infuriating thing that came out of that 45 minutes of verbal diarrhea was what he had to say about the World Series trophy, about the Commissioner's Trophy. Here's Rob Manfred on his decision to not vacate the 2017 World Series. Well, in the context of my original decision, um, it was something that we talked about and analyzed extensively. It was a big topic of conversation between me and my senior staff. And how did you land on the decision you landed on? Well, I, I landed on it um, really several thoughts. Number one, um, it has never happened in baseball. Um, you know, and I, I am a believer um, in the idea that precedent matters um, and that when you deviate from it, you have to have a really good reason to do that, number one. Number two, um, I, I thought that the report um, gave people a really transparent account of what went on, um, that we put people in a position to make their own judgments about the behavior that went on. Um, that certainly has happened o over yeah. the last month. Um, and the idea of, you know, an asterisk or asking for a piece of metal back um, seems, you know, sort of a futile act. People are always know that there was something about the 2017 World Series. Now, the first thing I want to address is Rob Manfred saying, hey, if you're ever going to deviate from precedent, you better have a very good reason. Oh, I don't know. How about a team cheating Cheater. to win the World Series? I can't think of a better reason than that. A team that had a camera in the outfield positioned to the catcher, and then they relayed signs into the dugout, and then they banged trash cans like cheater, cheater morons. What better reason do you need than that? A team was at a competitive disadvantage for seven games. The Dodgers still took the Astros to Game 7, even though they were at a competitive disadvantage, and the Astros we're stealing signs every single game. You're telling me that you need a better reason than that? I feel like the fans are getting punished more than the Houston Astros in the sign-stealing scandal because, hey, Rob Manfred is destroying the integrity of the game that we love. And players around the league have lost all respect for Commissioner Rob Manfred. Here's Justin Turner. I'm calling him Justin the Burner Turner for the burn he threw at Commissioner Manfred. Which, by the way, is called the Commissioner's Trophy. So for him to devalue it the way he did yesterday is, is just tells me how out of touch he is with, with the players in this game. And, you know, at this point, the only thing devaluing that trophy is that it says Commissioner on it. So Justin Turner, give it up for JT, Ginger Jesus, bringing the smoke on Commissioner Manfred. And then Mike Trout, the best player in the game, here's what he had to say about the Astros. Yeah, I think because, you know, a lot of teams were affected. You look at the Dodgers, you look at the Yankees. Um, no, we weren't in the playoffs, but they were in the playoffs. And, um, you know, you come to spring training because you want to win a ring. And just to, if you, you, you see someone cheated to do it, it's, uh, 
it's a tough thing to swallow. And I, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people were mad. A lot of people are going to hold back and not say much. But uh, I think they're trying to get uh, you know people to or Manfred or somebody to uh, they think the punishment should be more or something. Well, according to Mike Trout, players come to spring training to win a ring. Well, hey, Mike, sorry to tell you this, but your commissioner thinks a ring means nothing. It's just a piece of metal, right? Well, how about you, Darvish? He was probably one of the players most affected by the sign-stealing scandal. Here's what he had to say. Yes, but, so they cheat. I, I think they, so right now, they don't have to talk. They, they shouldn't talk like that right now. Oh, don't worry, you. They're still talking. Here's Carlos Correa responding to Cody Bellinger's belly bombs that he threw at the Trastros a few days ago. Like I said before, what doesn't sit well with me is when you say false statements. If you don't know the facts, if you're not informed, this is America, Ken. You can say whatever you want. You can say whatever you want. But Cody Bellinger's job is to look for information, get informed, know the facts for sure before he stands in front of cameras to talk about other players you should get informed you should be informed before you talk about other players if you don't know the facts then you gotta shut the hey carlos correa we've heard enough from the houston astros if you guys were smart you would lay low you would not make any headlines and you would just focus on baseball because hey you don't need to worry about wearing buzzers next year you need to worry about wearing bubble wrap. William Hill Sportsbook just put out the line for the over-unders for how many times the Astros will get beat next year, and they set it at 83.5. That's one hit batter every other game. So, hey, teams are going to be attacking the Astros all season long. Hey, but not to worry. Your boy Rob Manfred, he's going to be protecting you all season long. I wonder how much Jim Crane is paying Rob Manfred. I mean, hey, why else would he be defending you guys like he is? This is actually sadly probably really good for Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball is buzzing harder than Jose Altuve right now. I've never seen an offseason where everyone is talking about Major League Baseball every single day from trades to free agency to one of the biggest scandals in baseball history, but I want to see people tuning into baseball for the sport and not the scandal. Today, Michael Jordan turns 57 years old, and we're going to give you 23 reasons why MJ is still the GOAT. That's why he's the GOAT! The GOAT! <laughs> now, my first reason is that MJ has so much profound respect for all the legends, all the greats that came before him, that he doesn't even like to think of himself as the GOAT. Um, I don't want it in a sense because I think it disrespects Will Chamberlain, uh, Jerry West, you know, all the guys that prior to me, I never had a chance to play against. You know, what everybody's saying I am, I never had the chance to compete against other legends that, that was prior to me. Um, and when I hear it, I cringe a little bit because, you know, it's, it's a little bit embarrassing because no one knows, you know. I never had the chance to, once again to play against those guys, you know. Um, I would love to have played against them, but I never did, you know. And for you to say that I'm better than him, I mean, it's your opinion. You know, it's their opinion. I accept that as their opinion. If you ask me, I'm, I would never say that I, I'm the greatest player. You know, and that's because I never played against all all the people that 
represented the league prior to my No one loved the game of basketball like Michael Jordan. How much did he love the game of basketball? He got a love of the game clause that stipulated in his contract that he could play it anytime, any place, anywhere. In fact, he's the only professional basketball player who has what they call a love of the game clause in his contract. If you love the game, you can, you, you're dedicated to it. I just love to play. You don't ever lose sight of the fact that, my God, I love playing it's great. I love the game of basketball, and I feel that if I didn't get paid right now, I still play the game of basketball without a doubt. Only player ever to win an NCAA title with North Carolina in a game that he hit a game winner in against Georgetown. Two gold medals and multiple NBA championships. So no player in history has won multiple gold medals, multiple NBA championships, and an NCAA title. That is the full Monty right there. That is you clean house, you win every title there is to win, and then you multiply that. Magic Johnson, he came close. He won an NCAA title, multiple NBA championships, but only one gold medal. So he got one with the Dream Team, and then he also got one back in 1984. He's never lost three straight games since 1981. Michael Jeffrey Jordan and teams led by Michael Jordan, they never lost three straight games. His regular season win total, 706 in 15 seasons, 1991. Since that championship year, Michael Jordan teams had never lost three consecutive games. Michael Jordan never missed a playoff game. Michael Jordan never missed one playoff game. So when it mattered the most, MJ was there and available. He played all 179 postseason games and he finished his postseason career with a 119 and 60 record. I mean, that's just unbelievable because you're playing in an era much more physical, but not to miss one playoff game. And next, Michael Jordan, he played in all 82 games at age 40. So in 2002 and 2003, he played in all 82 games. His last year with the Chicago Bulls, 97-98, he didn't need any rest. Played all 82 games. Load, manage that. Hey, hey, hey. Michael Jordan playing all 82 games like it was nothing. In 1985, he led the league in points. And then from 1987 to 1998, he leads all of the NBA. And he averaged more than 30 points per game in eight seasons and ended up with 10 scoring titles. So 10 scoring titles for Michael Jordan. In case you're keeping score at home, LeBron James has one to his name. So Michael Jordan, 10 times he's led the league in scoring, then never scored single digits in a playoff game. Number six, he's never scored single digits in a playoff game. Jordan never had a single-digit playoff game. So, hey, he played all playoff games, didn't miss one. He never scored single digits, not even in 179 games. He had zero clunkers, so zero clunkers. And next, Michael Jordan was the ultimate microwave player. He could heat up in an instant. Michael Jordan scored 40 points in nine and 50 in three consecutive regular season games. So 40 points, nine consecutive games, and 50 points in three consecutive regular season games. And he also put up back-to-back 50-point games in the playoffs. So you're talking about a guy with such a prolific score. He'd get hotter than any player. You saw the shrug game. You just, something came over him, and it was the great. And next, most 30, 40, and 50-point games in playoff history. So we mentioned his 175, 79 postseason games, and he had 30 points or more in 109 of those games, right? Who's second? Kobe Bryant at 88. And he also tallied 38 40-point games with Jerry West being the runner-up with 40. So shout-out to the logo. By the way, 20 40-point games for the logo. So Michael Jordan, 38 
40-point playoff games. He holds the record with eight 50-point games. So eight 50-point games for Michael, 38 40-point games, and then 109 30-point games. So not only has he never gone single digits in the playoffs, he's being extra, extra productive and just dominating as a score in those games. So just to recap, 30 points or more in 109, 40 points or more in 38, and 50 points or more in eight. All of those are records. Also, he holds the record for most points scored in a playoff game with 63. So Michael Jordan, he scored 63 points against one of the best Boston Celtics teams ever, the 1986 Boston Celtics, where Michael Jordan just straight up put on an absolute show against Larry Legend and company. He dropped 63 in that game, and Larry Bird famously said right after the game, that man wearing 23 was God disguised as Michael Jordan. So you got guys like Larry Bird seeing his praise, Jordan dropping 63 against a team that's widely considered to be in the conversation for greatest teams of all time. So he led the league in win shares in per. So win shares in per, Michael Jordan dominates, right? Michael Jordan all time with per 27.9. LeBron is second with 27.6. Shaq is in the mix at 27.4. Anthony Davis is currently in that mix as far as win shares per 48. Michael Jordan is number one. So all the analytics will tell you Michael Jordan is still the best player. Michael Jordan was an underrated triple-double machine. If he wanted to, he could have been Oscar Robertson. He could have done what Russell Westbrook has pulled off in these last three years. Michael Jordan in 1988-89 season, he recorded 10 triple doubles in 11 games, averaging 33.6 points per game, 11.4 assists per game, 10.8 rebounds, and 2.9 steals per game. So we're talking 10 triple doubles in 11 games for Michael Jordan. So if he wanted to, he could have ran the point. He got triple doubles all Day. Michael Jordan was a phenomenal defender. Next, we got Michael Jordan was a two-dimensional, both sides, a two-way player, like what you see with Kawhi Leonard. Now, Michael Jordan was all that, and then so Michael Jordan was a lethal lockdown defender. He also had 200 steals in his career, 100 blocks for two seasons, and finished with 893 career blocks, which is the most for any guard in NBA history. Also, this guy won the Defensive Player of the Year award. Award as a guard in 1987 and 1988. Next, we got points per game in NBA history. Points per game in NBA playoff history. When it matters most, Michael Jordan is the only player in NBA history to average more than 30 points per game in the playoffs. He averages 33.4 points per game. Next is Allen Iverson. Shout out to AI. He's coming at number two at 29.7. Then Jerry West at 29.1. Kevin Durant at 28.4. And then LBJ LeBron James at 28.3. So no one is going to come close to touching Michael Jordan's playoff average. Michael Jordan owns the NBA Finals. Bill Russell, it's called the Bill Russell NBA Finals Award. That's great. You gotta love Bill Russell. He's won the most, but come on now. Michael Jordan owned the NBA Finals. Michael Jordan, six for six in the NBA Finals, hit the game winner in game six of 98, six for six in Finals MVPs. What more can you say about MJ in the NBA Finals? No one's gonna touch that six for six. If he doesn't play baseball, he's probably eight for eight. I mean, seriously. Yeah, one of the most underrated shots to me in Michael Jordan history that no one really talks about is Game 3 of the 1991 NBA Finals against the Los 
Los Angeles Lakers. The series was split. Magic Johnson, the Lakers had one game one in Chicago. Michael Jordan, the Bulls were trailing two with less than 10 seconds, no timeouts. Michael Jordan goes coast to coast and hits a mid-range jumper to tie it at 89 and the Bulls would eventually win in overtime. So Michael Jordan, he ties that game. They win that game. They win their first championship. If they lose that game, Lakers are up 2-1. Who knows what happens in that series though. Next, Michael Jordan was absolutely ridiculous in 1993. He was Charles Barkley's worst nightmare in 1993. Jordan absolutely torched the Phoenix Suns. Michael Jordan scored four consecutive 40-point games. Four consecutive 40-point games in the NBA Finals against the league MVP. He scored 55 points in Game 4. Michael Jordan dropped. He's like, bro, you got that uh, Maurice Podolov MVP trophy. I'm about to win this Finals MVP trophy on you. He scored 55 points in Game 1. Michael Jordan, that series, averaged 41 points per game. Michael Jordan's three-point shooting, that, that he couldn't shoot a three, that was an absolute myth. You saw what he did in the 1992 NBA Finals against Clyde Drexler. Everyone was trying to say, oh, Clyde Drexler, he's Michael Jordan. He's a better shooting Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan said, okay, I'm going to make six straight three-pointers on you. Michael Jordan had 35 points at the half. Of course, Ray Allen, he's the record holder. He made seven threes against the Los Angeles Lakers back in 2010. The next, I got game six. I have game six of the 1998 NBA Finals as its own reason because it was on display all of Michael Jordan in a 40-second span. They swat at it and steal it. Here comes Chicago, 17 seconds, 17 seconds from game seven or from championship number six, Jordan, open, Chicago with the lead. Michael Jordan, he hits the layup to bring it within one. And then 40 seconds left, he leaves his defender, rips the ball from Carl Malone, goes over, and then look, yeah, maybe it was a little push off on Byron Russell, but that's what the greats do. All the greats have all the tricks in the bag. Michael Jordan's six championships, how many game sevens were there? None. None of Michael Jordan's finals ever went to game seven. The next, I got Michael Jordan sneakers. Yo, this is Mars Blackman, and this is my main man, Michael Jordan. And this is a pair of Titans, Ed Jordan from Nike. This is something you can buy. And this is a patented, vicious, high flying 360 slam dunk. This is something you cannot do. Let me repeat myself. This you can buy. You cannot do this. Can, can, can. Uh-huh. <laughs> no! Michael Jordan sneakers changed the culture. The reason why I know Roman numerals is because of Michael Jordan, okay? My favorite Michael Jordan sneaker all time is the Jordan 11. It does not get better than that patent leather. And my favorite colorway is either Space Jams or the Breads. I mean, you got guys wearing Jordans to prom to their weddings. People who don't even know what basketball is. People that aren't even fans of the game. People that never even saw Jordan play to this day are lining up. They're camping out to pay two, $300 for sneakers with his logo, 14 NBA All-Stars, 6 NBA Championships, 6 Finals MVPs, 5 Most Valuable Player Awards, 10-time All-NBA First Teams, 1985 Rookie of the Year, 2-time Slam Dunk Champion. The list goes on and on and on for everything that Michael Jordan has accomplished. MJ inspired an entire generation of basketball players to be like Mike. He inspired Kobe. His technique was flawless. I wanted to make sure my technique was just as flawless. He inspired LeBron. Now, when you're growing up and you're seeing Michael Jordan, you, you, it's almost like a god. I did, I did pretty much everything that MJ did when I was a kid. I shot fadeaways before I should have. 
I, I wore a leg sleeve on my leg and folded it down so you saw the red part. I wore black and red shoes with white socks. I wore short shorts cause you, so you could see my undershorts underneath. I, I didn't go bald like Mike, but uh, I'm getting there. <laughs> but I'm getting there. <laughs> but it'd be post-career though. Uh, that's the only thing I didn't do. But I did everything Mike did, man. I wanted to be Mike. And he's going to continue to inspire greatness for generations to come. I've heard people say that MJ hurt his legacy when he came back to play with the Washington Wizards. To me, he was still the Wizard of Oz. Michael Jordan, at age 38, dropped 51 points. 34 first half points. At 39, 45 points. 41 points. At age 40, he had a 43 in 10 game. MJ was still doing it, and he averaged 23 points, 5.7 rebounds, 5.2 assists, and 1.4 steals. Only James Harden, Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, and Russell Westbrook are putting up numbers like that this season. So let's ask MJ himself. Mr. Jordan, are you the GOAT? You think there's someone else? Thanks for watching. But that is going to do it for episode 103 of the Get More Sports Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast wherever you get your podcast these days. We'll be back again tomorrow. Got a big show jam-packed for you guys. We're going to be on the Blue Heaven Podcast tonight on Dodgers Nation. Check me out on that. But thanks again. See you guys tomorrow. And I'm out.